Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We are back. Yes, we finally got here. It is episode one of season two. And if I'm honest, I probably couldn't think of a more perfect guest to kick this season off with. You know her as the ultimate happy mummy, queen of the jungle, best-selling author, podcaster, and all-around superwoman. Yes, it is Giovanna Fletcher. Giovanna joined me to chat about mum life, wife life, and well, just life in general. It's a chat that fills me with so much joy, and I hope it will do the same for you. So without lesser ado, here it is. From the edge. Okay, well, I am very, very excited to be introducing the amazing Giovanna Fletcher, who rocks my world on all levels as <laughs> a mommy, a wife, and just a working person who, um, yeah, really inspires me. So I'm really chuffed to be doing this interview with you. Uh, I feel like there's so many things I want to ask you, so many similarities and so many like moments where I'm like, what would G say? What would G do with me? <laughs> G would help me with this. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on this podcast with us. No, at all. It's lovely. Thank you so much. As, as you know, I'm locked away in my cupboard. I'm away from the kids for, for a while. This is a real treat. I know, right? I do think that, like, if we could just join cupboard forces, it could be like a wild night out for us. Just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just some good reading because you've got all the books there. I see. Yeah, we can, exactly. I could, bring, I, could, I could bring the cocktails. Amazing. We could, and if we got like really kind of like nervous, we could just play the sound of screaming children somewhere, like on a <laughs> on a device, just so we were like reassured that we were yes. doing like the right we weren't missing anything yeah that we weren't too relaxed that we weren't you know, too relaxed yeah you know I mean if there could be like some mini crisis we could just simulate mini crises do you yeah. know what I mean within that could be part of the night out is we just like <laughs> something breaks or or like a kid steals a toy from another kid and there's a meltdown like we could just like role play we could yes and stay we could be the kids we could yes be kids. yes absolutely that's, it. that's yeah. it and then our husbands could be like somewhere I don't know playing dress up in the playroom 
and like be totally relaxed and oblivious to all of the trauma happening. We could exactly. That. That, that sounds right, just about right, Ida. I think that that sounds great. I feel like I want to ask you about Tom because like there's, I feel like there's going to be, there's got to be Tom and Rob similarities for sure happening in your household. But like, absolutely, I was, you know, cause this, this podcast um, this year is all about what brings you to your edge. And I was kind of laughing because we had this birthday party last night and then Rob, who's on this kind of like bizarro time zone where he like sleeps till I don't know, sundown and then is up all night long, decided that it would be really fun to just like come in and out of the bedroom all night last night and tell me about how he couldn't sleep and then go on his computer and then like come back in and grab a snack and come back in. <laughs> and I literally was up with him the whole night. And I was like, kids. I was like, I was like, what? The, I mean, even the kids don't do this to me. And I was like, we're in, we're in a, we're on holiday right now. I don't have a spare bedroom. So there was like nowhere for me to escape, but like all the kids were sleeping. And then I was like, I'm going to wake them up. If I come in their room, I actually debated just sleeping on the floor in the living room. No. Yeah. And I was like, Robbie fucking Williams, you have brought me to my edge this morning. I am talking with G and I have not slept all night. He's now upstairs. I don't even know what he's doing. He's probably playing video games. But anyway, I was like, what does Tom do to bring you to the edge? Has he brought you to the edge? It is that sleep thing for me. You know, I could say the whole wet towels and all, all that sort of thing, but actually it's the sleep thing. So I do think creative people, they, they you know, go to bed at different hours. And he has this thing where when he comes up, you know, he's mostly quiet, I would say. He's not doing a rob. However, okay. it's the bathroom door that does oh, it to me. Oh. And I, it's creaking, so annoying. The opening, the slamming. You're- but how can you not open that quietly? It's like a massive like. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I am now awake, so awake, and I was so asleep two seconds ago. Right. So that is the thing that brings brings me to my edge because then it, take, it might take me another half hour to go back to bed. Exactly. And then they, when they do fall asleep, just are out. Like I don't know about yeah. Tom. Like when he's out, he's out. And I'm What's like, Rob like with the kids when they wake up? Does he even oh, does it even oh, forget arouse it. him? To, no. Forget it. No, like a sleeping fucking bear. Like, like honestly, <laughs> the Gruffalo could walk in and like Rob, Rob would just be there with his little acorn in the bed and would not even <laughs> notice. Like, like it, he like there's like earthquakes in LA, like nothing wakes the man. Like, and he he his his thing too is he goes. Well, I I need at least eight to ten hours, babe. And I'm like, well, you know, that would be lovely. So, when, so do I. So do I. I don't get it, but yeah, I need that too. I'm working on four, but okay, okay. So he, so he once the bear, you know, once the bear falls asleep in the woods, that's it. That's it for like a good ten hours. No one wakes him. We all kind of like tiptoe. We're all Dang. very quiet. Like like we. I think I'm the partner. I bet you like this with Tom. I'm the partner. I would like him to be with me. So like the bathroom door is like quietly, like I don't put the lights. I don't put the lights on even if I'm packing or I'm like, (laughs) I need something. I'm like, sod it. I'll have one blue sock, one black sock. I don't care. I won't wake Rob. Do you know what I mean? It's literally (laughs) like, like completely like as if Santa Claus is like, you know, like in the room trying to not disturb the children. And like Rob is like, his is like, I don't know. He's at like Pasha nightclub fisting his hand in the air, <laughs> whatever he's doing. I'm like, is this just the difference between men and women? Is this rock star husbands versus just, just normal, normal humans? <laughs> like what is this? I don't know. I so- know, but if I think back to my, my parents, they'd both go up to bed at the same time. 
like at 10 Do 30 they? they used to yeah they're not together but as a kid I remember they had a bedtime and they would go upstairs together now yeah, like me and we don't go to bed at the same time no, ever never I don't yeah. actually remember the last time I went to bed with Rob at the same time it's crazy isn't it Do early ever- days Early days when it was Early romantic. Days, when it was <laughs> just just for the romance, just because they knew they were going to get some. Yeah, it was a website. <laughs> no, not when, so much. They won't when come there up. Was, when there was romance, when that happened, yeah, there would be there would be a communal sleeping point just just out of physical need. But now, <laughs> now that that's completely dead, and <laughs> been obliterated by four kids. Now there's really no need to go to bed at the same time. Now it's more kind of like, what is it? Like we share, it's just a joint workspace now. Just, <laughs> you know, like I might as well make the bed like a ping pong table and we could just play every now and then. Do you know what I mean? And then just like scurry off into other corners to sleep. I think that's what it is. It's a we it's a wee workspace. It totally is. I love that. I absolutely love that description. I'm like, you know, I don't know. But then this is the conversation I have with my girlfriends and I don't know if you have ever thought of this and I, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but my girlfriends and I do, you know, cause like Rob snores, which by the way, did not happen in the, in the early days. But there was you're no- not just giving him like Tom yeah. snores and I give him a oh. firm shake of the I shoulder. Roll oh, yeah. Him over. yeah. 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 I'll, I'll sometimes kind of thump him with my leg. I'll shove. <laughs> sometimes it works, but then he goes right back to doing it. Like, Ugh. like, and I kind of, and I've had this thing because it really, the sleep does bring me to the edge. It yeah, just absolutely does. Because there's so little of it available. Yeah. And you know, you've got the kids in the morning and you yeah. know that like, once you wake up, that's it till, that's it till the next time you get in that bed. And so I've like gone to this thing and I have some girlfriends who do this and some who don't, they're like, just sleep in a different bedroom. Just, mm. but then I think, God, then we're officially just roommates. We're just roommates. <laughs> we might be brother and sister. Like, I don't know what's happening at that point. Like, like I'm just holding on to a thread with this, like, but joint don't you think, like we've gone through years of broken sleep with kids, like years yes. and years and years. And even now, like the kids will climb into our beds in the night. And I don't mind that as long as they are stealth. With their, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With they're coming in. If, yeah, if they don't, yeah. if they don't, if we don't even realize that they're, I don't mind it. Yeah, that's fine. And I think that is why now having broken sleep now that they're not newborns, that is what really can, you know, cause your mind to go a bit cray cray. You know, I, I, yeah, I cannot function when I'm woken up in the night now. I am, I cannot be like, oh, it's fine, baby. It's all fine. It's all fine. That maternalness, like the maternal instinct of a newborn, that's gone now. Now I'm just like, mama who yeah. needs her sleep because if yeah. you want the best of me tomorrow, I need to get my sleep in. And you are stealing it from me right now with your bloody door handle. Right, right. And then, like, and then how do you pivot when you're, really tired. Okay. So like Tom's decided to go to the bathroom 12 times in the night. <laughs> he literally, he's got water on his hands. So that door handle is like extra loud. <laughs> he's like now, And the kids have gone in and out. How do you then get up? Cause now you've, you know, you, you've got a million different things you're doing work-wise yeah. and you've got these three boys. And how do you pivot in the morning when you've literally been brought to your knees with, with no sleep and everyone's disturbed, but what do you do? How do you navigate? The first thing for me is to get up. I think when you're trying to keep hold of that sleep, just, you know, five more minutes, five more minutes, it's actually more destructive, more destructive. So for Mentally. me, it's, yeah, just get up, 
you know, and I, and I think that's, you know, we've had early risers as kids and, and they're much better now. Actually, they're jet lagged. This week, they've been getting up at half past 10. So we're uh, slowly trying to coach them the other side. Coach them the other way. Because otherwise they don't go to sleep until 10 o'clock at night. They've got a strict seven o'clock bedtime. And uh, yeah, so yeah. I think tonight is the night. It's going to You're going to cut it off. You're going to cut it off and just. Well, we've been trying to get them up. We've been taking them upstairs early still, but they've literally just been taking ages to go to sleep because of the jet lag, because of the heat. Uh, so, yeah. So this morning they were all up by half past seven. So that feels like a win. So oh, tonight wow. they well should done. go to. Yeah. Tonight they should go to bed. Well uh, done. Uh, but yeah, so my thing in the mornings is literally just to get up, not to hang on to wanting more sleep. Because once you're up and moving around, I do feel like it feels better. Um, and that one thing that I've actually found recently that really helps me is that once the kids are on the school run, off to school, Tom usually gets up, they're out by eight o'clock in the morning. I, d- I have a punch bag in my office. Oh my God, that's yeah. fucking epic. <laughs> So yeah, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I put on some great tunes and I just punched the crap out of my punching bag. That is fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love it. It makes like, you Tom's, feel. Tom's on the school run and you've got like fucking Rocky in your ears and you're just beating the shit out of this bag. That's brilliant. It makes you feel so empowered. It gets it all out, gets you sweaty. Um, and I, I discovered boxing years and years and years ago because I was I do all these big treks for a charity over here called Copperfield. And um, we'd walk 100K uh, along coastal paths wow. around the Sahara Desert. Uh, so um, years ago in the training for it, I properly went hard on my training and I really buggered up my knees. So I had to start doing training that was a little bit softer on the knees and that's when I discovered boxing um and I just absolutely love it I just feel like it's it's invigorating you feel like such a badass you know you feel like I a mean, badass bitch right you're like yes. you're like the beast in you because you are acting in a way that you can never act as well in real life like you can't go around punching people that's unacceptable and there's good cause right. for that I mean however yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd know, definitely be a viral video G if you did that <laughs> moment but it's just getting it out and there's something so you know it's just a blooming bag and it's not like you know people like oh visualize the person no no none of that (laughs) it's just your body kind of going oh just getting it out I love that do you know it's Mm. interesting that you said that because one thing that I've been doing with kind of like you I think just from overuse marathons you know every fucking fad weird workout I've done yoga I have an injury right now that I've been dealing with for about eight months which has been super frustrating. So all those things that I love to do, I can't do right now. Yeah. And and that's been actually another another thing I was going to ask you about. And it's great that because I was saying, well, how does she do these hundred mile treks without injury? Because you know your body just at a certain point kind of gives. Well, up you know, on I you. broke my ankle last December. Did you? No, on I didn't stage, know yeah. So I was no. on stage in a play, yeah, mid show. No. Um, about 25 minutes from the end, 20, 25 <gasps> minutes. And I literally just stepped on stage and my, actually, I think it's about half an hour before the end. And my, for some reason, my, all my weight was on one foot and it just rolled, just rolled. And oh. a, a massive like crunch. I knew oh. instantly. 
My oh. next line, thankfully, was "Ow, fucking hell, I hate those fucking doors." That was my legit, my actual line. That yeah, actual, I mean, I mean, that was know, my that's, actual. By line. the way, dark comedy. That's amazing that that was actually <laughs> your line. I did know. You, did you finish the? You didn't finish the show, did you? I finished the show. <gasps> I finished the show. Stephanie Beatrice uh, was on stage with me at the time, and she was like, she knew something had happened. She was like, my face just like was so, you know, that the pain was just there. I bet you were like gray at that point. I yeah, cannot believe but in my you head, finished the, the show. Well, because you're in, you're in it, so you're just like, well, I've got no choice. So I'm just limping across the stage <gasps> at the curtain call. I I literally um I came up for the curtain call, walked off, and like I normally would, and then walked back on. I should have just no, stayed no, there. No, yeah. no, stop. <laughs> but the first thing is, I had a message in my inbox that day, um, saying I came to see the show, um, just that it was amazing and blah blah blah, and you know. Even, you know, it was amazing to see that the emotion was still with you, even in, even in the curtain call. And I was like, no. Yeah, that, was, that was sheer pain. That was just blood curdling pain. That was the emotion. I can't believe yeah. you finished that. Oh yeah, I finished it. Yeah, I just think the adrenaline was there. And, Did you, know, you then just collapse right afterwards? Uh, yeah, afterwards I took my boot off. It exploded like massively. Um, I didn't do the show that night. It was off for two and a half weeks in an air boot. Um, and But I managed to go back to the show in an air boot and, and finish the run. Um, but even now, so I had a, and it's been fine. Like I did a trek in Pembrokeshire up and down. And coastal you, can, paths. you can do it? I did the 5K. But then last week I was on a photo shoot on sand running across a beach oh no and yeah so it's anger with me again it just feels really really tight so I'm going to go back to physio but it is like that thing I think these little things that happen these little niggles I think sometimes they're always going to be there and it's about managing it and about doing what you can when you can and just easing off and finding other things to do when you can't it's hard though isn't it don't you find because like just you were talking about you know like beating beating up the punching bag which I just the visual I actually (laughs) think I might try that um is these moments where as, you know, constantly kind of demanded women with whatever our obligations are in life, that you need these physical things to kind of just to output some of your energy. Cause there is so much demand on us. You know, there's like when yeah. you're multitasking, I mean, every person has, I mean, I think now we live in a world where there's just constant 24 seven demand on all of us, you know, and we're mm-hmm. now balancing all of these plates, which I just feel like is almost unsustainable as a race. But anyway, we've got all these things. We've got this very fast paced world and these, you know, for me, physicality, like, you know, running, working out yoga, whatever it has always been kind of my part of my therapy, you know, that, that, that moment that you get, that's just you time, how you navigate, how you treat your parasympathetic nervous system and just like code it with some love, you know, how in the face of everything, like, what did you do while you were injured and couldn't do any of those (sighs) things to like, because I think that's the worst. Like yeah, you- the first 10 days were really, really, really bad. And um, and my mind was just so foggy. I was on really strong painkillers as well. Um, I had friends getting in touch. You know, the director of the play that I was doing was so lovely. And he was like, so I've got this creative project that you can do to fill your mind. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, when he first said it, I was like, absolutely. Um, but my, my, my mind was fog. Like it was literally fog. So I filled it with watching um, Superstore. So basically I went on to Netflix. I watched I love the it. entire series of Superstore, watched Steph's uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, oh, and I just allowed myself to do that, which as a mom, you know. You like, don't get to do. You don't get that time at all. And and my my body, my mind, well, 
it wasn't letting me do anything other than that because I simply wasn't allowed to be on my foot at all during that that time like I could walk around a bit on the air boot but well what happened originally was I went to physio and I I must have a high pain threshold because the physio was literally moving around doing all sorts of stuff and he was like great I think we can get you walking on it next session then I got my um, MRI results back and he phoned me and he was like put that boot on and do not take it off he was like that foot needs to be completely immobilized no yeah yeah he was just flopping that thing around and you weren't helping you were like no well but also it's that desire isn't it to kind of keep doing what you love and totally and with the play it was that thing that's outside of motherhood it was a bit where you find you again yeah exactly I mean it's crazy to think that being on stage and you know having you know all these dramatic things happen is your you time but it completely it was it was um so I think it was just that desire to kind of get back. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's amazing what your mind does as well in that time. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so because I was in the boot then and uh, told not to do not to do too much, um, I just had to lean into it. That whole, that whole, you know, the old expression of leaning in, I just had to. You to had to surrender. That. You had to surrender. Yeah. Which is so yeah. hard at first for us because we're not used to it because there's no surrender time. And I couldn't even be downstairs in the living room with the kids because I was so worried about them jumping on my foot. So I was literally upstairs in the bedroom, Netflix on my little like laptop (laughs) and just, you know. (laughs) You're like, you're like, play, play again. (laughs) By the way, I bet you like, first of all, I bet you the kids, this is a funny thing. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves as moms to do everything, be there for everything, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, go to that, uh, you know, sport thing with that kid, do that project with that kid, tuck in that one story with yeah. that one, make that. And then we feel so guilty when, especially when you've got multiple kids, you've got three kids, you know, it's like, there's never really, you, you never, at least I never feel like I'm spending enough time with any of them, any of them. Yes. When I'm with that one, I'm not with the other three, but then when I'm those two, I haven't done that. You know, there's this constant yeah. battle in your head. And it is interesting that like, when you have no choice but to actually self-care and hide yourself away, that the world does go on. They yeah. are fine. The husbands can. I mean, in my case, you know, my case, like my mom will step in. <laughs> Rob, Rob obviously has to get his 12 hours of sleep or his 16 of hours of sleep. But but the world does go on and they are okay. Yeah, and, that- and you know what? They were coming up. They were stealing my crutches. They loved that. They found that hysterical. Yeah. They really enjoyed that. And I think I learned that with the treks as well, because, you know, you can feel guilty for not being there for a week, even though, you know, you're going away for an amazing purpose. It is that bit of you time. I feel like I find a bit of me every time I do a trek. And, um, you know, and you can feel guilty about not being there for the kids. But when I get back, they dive into my kit bag. They're taping out my sleeping bag, my head torch, my walking poles, the backpack. They're in the garden pretending that they are going off exploring as well. Oh. So it's amazing in that way that they're seeing they're seeing me do that. So, you know, their mum do that and that they are feeling inspired by it as well, that they think it's something fun and that they want to try it. So I, I think we do that. beat ourselves up about stuff, but actually we're showing them that it's good to take that time for you as well. And that, that actually, although our world does evolve around them, the world doesn't evolve around them. Um, and I think that is good for them to, to see as well. I love that they get excited about that. Do you know, like, I think, you know, actually it was really interesting. I was, I was looking through your Instagram and I, I was so blown away. I saw the, um, 
the performance your son did for Tom's <laughs> birthday. Yeah. And by the way, Teddy was sat next to me when I was watching. Cause I think Teddy would really like to go on stage with daddy. Oh, we really? haven't like, we haven't done it yet, but she was like, when she saw your son up there, she was like, Oh, I want to do that. And I was just <laughs> like, how excited, obviously you must've, you must've been to see him do that. Yeah. Um, and, um, but this moment where I don't know if you, this ever goes through your mind is like, I know that my children will grow up and be in awe of daddy. It's, yeah. it's a natural thing. You know, it's yeah. like our, both of our husbands have these kind of very bizarro jobs that are a bit unusual mm-hmm. and, and the circumstances of it are unusual. I mean, not many, not many parents, dads, whatever, get up on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people and, you know, play music. It's not a, it's not a very, you know, uh, common profession. And yeah. my kids, you know, they have spent their lives going to daddy's gigs and watching him perform and albums and they see people scream for him. And I have this real, real need for them. I think because as a woman and, you know, being a parent for them to see mommy doing some really cool stuff, you know, because it is important that they get that, that message too, that moms, women do really cool stuff too, you know, and and explore that thought, you know? So I love the idea of, you know, like I imagine when you do these things, there's a huge amount of pride when your kids get excited about your adventures and seeing you do these kind of extraordinary things and realizing and the books you write and your podcasts, like, you know, that must be a really cool feeling alongside your husband of doing those things and kind of providing that example for your kids. Yeah, absolutely. What What is interesting to me though, is that, so the kids know what Tom's job is. They completely understand it. If I ask them what I do, they, they, they scratch their heads a little bit and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it's okay. But, but you think everything that Tom does is accessible to them. You know, right. the books that he writes, they can read those. They can't really read mine. Um, you know, being on stage, they can, they can download his music. They don't want to listen to me talking to other mums about, <laughs> about old dads, about parenthood, you know, right, about, however, right. I do do a podcast for Disney uh, and off the back of that, I had to go to it on a cruise lately and I managed oh, to take a whole family to cool. Disney World. So they oh, loved mommy's job then. Oh, yeah. by the way, I saw those pictures of Disney and I was like, I need to do that with my kids. I need Have like, you not done it yet? I've been to Disneyland. I've been right. to Disneyland with my kids. Um, again, one of those ones where I had like a back injury, but I was like, I promised I'd take them. You know what I'm like? Carrying <laughs> I'll my take kids. you. I'll carry you. Exactly. With like tears down my eyes doing it, you know, but I haven't done, I haven't done like the Disney, the holiday. Walt Disney world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you're like sleeping with Mickey and like eating goofy pancakes. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like the full parent child. You know it's incredible. And you know, I did it. So I was, I always wanted to do it as a kid. My parents never took us because my dad's Italian. So we'd always go and see the family in Italy. And, um, and then as we got older, my parents separated. So it was never really on the cards. Um, but Tom's family used to save up for like every two years. They'd go on this trip. They'd never be able to stay anywhere in a Disney resort, they stay on International Drive in a really horrible hotel, Aww. dip into Disney for a day. So now it's a really emotional big thing for us to go to Disney and to take and be the able to in-laws. do that. The real, the real Disney experience. The real Disney experience. And it's incredible seeing it through your children's eyes. It's so magical. Um, you've got to get it in the diary because it is it's just one it. of those things where you're just ah, oh, you just and there's a slower pace, and yeah, you do, you do. I do. How and old you know, are the kids now? Well, funny enough, I think we have very similar because my 
my Coco is an August baby of 2018. So she's turning four next month. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same so as we got to yeah. get, we got to get Max and Coco together. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Okay. So Bo is two, Bo is two oh. years old. Coco is almost four. Uh, Charlie is turning eight in October and Teddy's turning 10 in September. Okay. So we've got eight, six and three. Yeah. Okay. So you've so got the same, the same. Yeah. but I kind of, I keep doing that thing. I think because, because there was a gap in between, I call them team A and team B. <laughs> I'm always like struggling with the like, well, team A could do this, but team B is a little bit small. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, and then I can't, like, I'll feel really guilty taking just the two, the two older ones to Disney. So well, like- we've just had it where literally, so Max, he is slightly taller for his age, but we were able to go on the majority of rides together. You were. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. Was incredible. And he didn't get too tired. He was like, okay. Cause we're still like Coco doesn't nap, but she's, you know, I mean, oh. I hire a double buggy as soon as I land there. Oh, you do like, it. Oh, I rent good. a double buggy, even for the six-year-old. I'm just like, you've got a place to I'm sit not, as we're yeah. walking around, yeah. you know, and also because we never got to the fireworks this time. Um, but usually if they're walking around, it's a lot for them to expect. Yeah, to the, the little legs as well. Yeah. I know because it's late at night. Mm-hmm. Do you know when I went there with the back, we I stayed. I was like, that's it. I'll stay for the fireworks. And I stayed for the fireworks. And I guess there was like fog that night and at the last minute they had to cancel it and I was like no no and then the kids were crying and then it was like obviously way past their bedtime and then we had this like two hour drive back to the house they were like screaming and crying in the car and I was like why do I do this why do I do this you know you're like but I mean, they still they, because you they, want to give them those experiences. That's why that's motherhood, isn't it? We kind of we kind is. of bend ourselves backwards trying to get all these things in, and and you know. But it's always, I think, like a detriment to yourself, to you your know, mental always, sanity. Well, to yeah. like it does take you to your edge. Like I know I keep going back to this concept, but like you know, like parenthood. You know, we were talking about work, and work is the me time, which is yeah. amazing. Like I, I feel this exact same way. I I shot this thing a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, oh. The me. Oh, the me is here. <laughs> the me is enjoying this. Like, you know, it was like what used to be work is now the me time, which feels like such a gift. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, like, you know, parenthood is a tricky thing. I don't think anyone can prepare you for these. There's a constant edge that you're battling against because mm-hmm. there's a certain level of patience. And like we're talking about fatigue and, you know, multiple humans needing you at the same time and maybe not necessarily being rational humans yet understanding yeah. the why the how and you know still still developing their own empathy do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it can take you to the edge and I imagine even at Disney there were a few edges you had to confront with three kids going through the park you know it's like how do you besides beating up your punching bag yeah how do you how do you navigate an, an edge in your world like where do you where do you find your edges coming across and how do you kind of come off of them so I, I guess one big edge for me is the morning routine, getting out of, out of the house in the morning for, for school and stuff. Um, you know, I think, like you say, kids can be so unpredictable. It can be a tantrum over getting a sock on, not wanting to brush your teeth. And it can take so long. Um, so one thing that I do every night, which is, is a way of combating that, I don't send the kids to bed in their school uniforms, but I do have everything laid out. Laid out. I have everything organized. I have bags by the door. I have the water bottles ready to be filled. I have the Tupperware ready for their snacks. As much organization as I can possibly do so that in the morning, the focus 
is on them and just kind of like easing them in kind of that's fine let's let's yeah. do this now let's make this right. really nice because yeah. the moment there's that forward energy that's kind of like let's go let's go let's go it all goes tits up my six-year-old cannot handle that you know quick maneuver he needs he needs to be eased and the moment there is that quick maneuver he's off he's flying off the handle and therefore you're trying to coax him into the car or into school and uh, so yeah it is for, for me as boring as it sounds organization helps me uh, to step away from the edge and uh, and to feel like I've got a sense of Control. I don't, I don't, control, yeah, control over the situation, which we know with kids, you know, you can control. You have, you, none. Can, you have none. You can prepare as much as you like, and it can all go tits up. But at least, if I am prepared, if I am, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're eliminating, you're eliminating yes. some of what could cause an epic meltdown. Like I, I guess, like like Rob, Rob was laughing at me because I think we're traveling around so much. I, I, I kind of feel like we're we're kind of like in a circus. We're just constantly moving from here. Your time there. zones must be all over the shop. Aren't you in Australia and bits all of that as well? Yeah, Rob yeah. was in Australia. He was, I think he was in Australia. He was in, in one week, in one week, like two weeks ago, he was in, Aust- he was in London, Australia and Dubai twice. Wow. It was like, you know, crazy traveling. And he was in Australia before that. And we were in LA and we've been in Switzerland and we're constantly, and this summer we're kind of moving around and like with four kids, it just gets, you know, with each child, it gets a little more dynamic. These moves. But with that as well, don't you think that before kids, you'd be like, I'll travel with you. This is great. This is great yeah. fun. Now there's kids. You're just it's like, fucking yeah, go terrible. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> when I totally, totally, there was like a good three months where I was like, I'll see you later. We saw him yeah. for two weeks. We're like normal Ida back in the day, you know, went with him everywhere. And yeah. I would say with the first two, I went to every show on tour at, like on the second with the second. Actually, it was I lie. I was pregnant with Charlie and I had Teddy and I was going to every single show. And it was like we were flying at one in the morning with Teddy and like getting in at three. And like the routine was shot. It was horrible. And then I think after the second one, I tried a bit and it was so impossible. Now with three and four, I've just gone. This is a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> I, I love you. We'll Skype. We'll FaceTime. I will. I will see you at some point in the year. We'll figure this out. It's like it's absolutely impossible. But like this summer, we're traveling, and I feel like we're on tour, even though we're not. And I have decided that where I I think I've obsessively compulsed is in the packing cubes. I've gotten. Yes, really- I love a packing cube. Oh, it's amazing. Oh God. Honestly, the best thing ever invented. Right? Like like when you were talking about the organization just now, it was like, I actually don't think I could be a proper partner to Rob or even see him at all this summer if I didn't have a packing cube. Because (laughs) I have put out all of my like panic aggression into like micro cubing our lives. And it is (laughs) amazing. Like, like there's what we could do instead of the like flat pack, we just create the mom cube and we zip ourselves and it's got, it's got <laughs> breathable front. It's got ventilation right there. We curl into the fetal position and yes. place ourselves in a large packing cube and then somehow wriggle ourselves under the bed where no one can find us. And we can have a straw that just allows yes. us to have a cocktail every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little rose straw. Like a, yeah, like, there like, we go. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those is, and then like, and then also we could be wearing a shiwi, do you know? So if we have to go to the bathroom, we don't have to leave the cube. You know, it's like, it's all interconnected. As long as the straw is not connected to where the shiwi is connected. Do you know what I 
mean? Like, we're okay. I, I I think this is something. This right? is really like, something. Yeah. We're we're on the precipice of something cool here. And no right? one else cares about the packing cubes because on reflection at the cardboard box, the kids are likely to find the cardboard box and go, I want in. However, right. a packing cube, no one cares. It's the least sexy thing in the house. Like Rob, <laughs> Rob is like, I don't want my shit in cubes. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, like he doesn't get the cube. He has no respect for the cube. The kids don't care. But I am like, I've got initials on them. I know whose cube is which. Really? I went in hard. I've got initials, man. Because like, you're just flipping through those bags. You're changing from one bag to the next. I Yes. It's my one point of confidence in this absolute chaos is that I've got the packing cube labeled. So uh, that, I mean, do you, have you had it properly labeled or are you just yes. sticking in stickers on that? No, Amazing. No. I fucking label them like proper. Like there's no, this thing is not falling off. They are labeled <laughs> with like with stitching. Like there is no. Wow. Under, and then I like photograph, I photograph, I have photo references. Like I'm going in. That's when you were saying about the morning routine, I was like, we're singing from the same page here. Like <laughs> the organization is all that keeps it afloat, I think. But I, so I use packing cubes when I go trekking because it's all you got do. to go in the one bag. Yeah. So I, I have all my trousers in one, all my tops in the other, all my underwear, all my toiletry stuff. And that literally the night before, knowing I can just get each pack out, going trousers, top, that. Isn't and it's so like everything organized. Yes. It's so good. But I've never thought about using them for the family. I'm yes. literally going to hop online after oh, this. Oh, get them. Get them. Because there's like, there's like, I don't even know, like a, like a two month delay. I ordered these things no. like, oh yeah, like a year ago. And I got them. And I, honestly, I, I, I'm pretty chef with myself. It feels really good. Like you maybe get I'll that, have to sacrifice the labels for now and whatever, just put their school whatever. ones on. Do you know what you can do instead of the labels? This what? is the other trick is just different colors. So oh, each yes. boy has a different color. Yes. Boom. I love this. Cause Tom always, the- Tom always laughs at me because whenever we go somewhere, I, I unpack as soon as we arrive. I don't care oh, if we're there for three nights or two me weeks. Too. Yeah, it I makes know, sense. I need to know where everything is. I can't just be rummaging. But when you have the cube, yeah, if, especially if you have like limited space too and you can't actually unpack everything, you're yeah. like, okay, underwear, check. Socks, check. I'm going to grab the shirts there. And you're like, you can just execute really quickly and you're not like rummaging through things. Yes. Like, if it's dark, you can't find it. Like I'm telling you, when you do it for the kids, it's absolutely incredible. And then when you want to lay out stuff, for the like next day, you're like, okay, well, here's the boys' underwear, here's the socks, here's the shirt, here's the pant. Done. Go and you just do it for all three boys. It's like it's like I love five it. minutes. Oh no, you've got yeah. to do the cube for the kids. I'm telling I've you, I've got to do it. I Danger. know. I know. When you open that suitcase and you see those color coded cubes up in there. <laughs> also, it helps with packing. You can totally. get more in with you the get cube. more in. You get yeah. so much more in. You roll it up. You do the little like you know Mary Kondo kind of situations, and you stack it, and it's amazing. And then you don't have to like sit on the suitcase. There's not like a t-shirt <laughs> that's catching in the zipper. Do you know what I mean? You like got the toiletries. Like like it just it is a game changer. You've got to do that with the kids. Yeah, it's I'm like, doing it literally. I'm, I'm I'm writing it down right now. And as soon as this is over, I'm going on. That's the rest of my day planned. Oh, it's packing. so satisfying. It's like it's like a momgasm. The minute yeah. you get those cubes in, honestly, like, like, like that is sexier to me than, 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 than Robin is tiger pants. Like just the, that, <laughs> that level of organization. But like, the only I, thing though, that, that does just fall usually on us to do all totally. that packing thing, you know, and I think Tom's completely oblivious for years. I would travel. Uh, I would share a suitcase with the kids. So Tom would no. have his own suitcase. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I think we're married to the same person, by the way. I think we're married to the same person. <laughs> but I think, I think it's just completely oblivious. Like he goes up and back, backs his suitcase and thinks, oh, finally done it. Whereas I'm like, I'm packing for all of us. I'm packing me. Only this year have I allowed myself to have my own suitcase when we go away. And I don't I know, mean, it was something that I imposed on myself. I can't believe so. you did that to yourself, though. I love that he got the suitcase and you did not. You were like, I'll just be with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but like, by the way, I think, well, first of all, Rob, I don't, Rob doesn't even pack his own suitcase. We're not even oh, there really? yet. That's like, that would be, that would be like graduation for us. I'd be like, I actually, the other day he was leaving, literally he had to go away for one night and he was, he was sleeping. It was like, he had to leave by one So I just was like, oh, bless him. He's tired. I'll pack his <laughs> suitcase for him. So I packed his suitcase for him to travel off. And like, so he could get that, you know, that 16th hour of sleep in. <laughs> so I was on like, and I packed his suitcase and off he went and he just like rolled out of bed and think, I don't, if Rob. Is I, he thankful though? Because that's, I feel like so much of that goes over their head. It went over his head. I, do you have to do the thing? I don't know if you have to do this with Tom, but I'll be like, I'm so sad. I'll be like, did you like your suitcase packed? Did you enjoy the way I packed it? Like, <laughs> like almost begging for the praise. Like, will you please acknowledge that I've done this? Like, do you have to do that with Tom? Do you have to kind of like goad him into the like validation on that one? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I th- one thing I have realized lately when we, when we're going out or doing anything, I mean, it's very rare, but rather than yeah, he's always, he's always like, do I look okay? And I'm like, I want you to tell me that I look good. I don't want you, me to be having to tell you that you look good. Of course you look good. Me, <laughs> go back to me. me. <laughs> oh my god, that's so. I mean, Rob's the same way, babe. How do I look? How do I look? How does this look, babe? Do I look good? Yeah. How's my? He'll bow. He'll lift up the shirt. How's my stomach? Does that look good? He'll like suck it in. Do, look, do I still look? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you look great. You look amazing. I've started doing that stereotypical thing though that you you see memes of guys doing where they say, yeah, you look fine without even looking. I, I caught myself doing it yesterday. Yeah, you look fine. I hadn't even looked. 
That's amazing. I was, just, I was just a bit like, come on, let's get has out. He, let's has go. he noticed? Has he noticed the kind of like when you're not looking and you say, Yeah, you look amazing? Does has he noticed or is he just so into himself in that moment that he hasn't even like he's not even oh watching. I think I think it definitely I think he definitely noticed yesterday because I looked back at him and said it again I looked I, I had to I was like because I've just I've just said it and I haven't looked but you, know, we just oh, you like, told him you had a look oh, you told around him. you know it's just that it's the whole faff like even that like you must have the same like I can get up and get out really quickly oh, Tom okay. is the faffer Tom's the faffer he'll take ages getting ready and I'm just like, Come it on, doesn't mate. matter. Come yeah. on. I've well, left the house with leaky boobs and stains oh, yeah. down me. Like it does not matter. Oh yeah. No, no. Rob, Rob's thing is like in the morning, like I have to, like you, it's like, I have to, I have to, I mean, I'll do that thing where I press the snooze button, which now I think after we've been talking, I'm not going to do because that's just <laughs> torture. But like, like I will, this is the funny thing. It's like, I will get ready in five minutes. Rob, first of all, when he gets up, he needs like a good hour to decompress. Like, right. like you can't talk to him. Like he needs to like go on his computer. He needs so to after coffee. 16 hours. Yeah, yeah. There's like an a, extra hour. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. basically doing like a long haul flight every every night. But <laughs> but but my thing is is like what he gets mad at what drives him crazy is we're always like five minutes late, like leaving the house. And he's quite on time. And I will give him that. Like it drives him nuts that I'm like five minutes behind. But what he will do, <laughs> what he doesn't understand is that like I will have just been getting all four kids dressed and doing this and doing that. And there'll be like a house problem navigate. And I only, I only get dressed in five minutes. Like yeah. I don't take a long time. I'm late because I'm literally handling everything else. And he'll just like put on his clothes and he'll be like, babe, babe, <laughs> come on. We're late, babe. And I'm like, literally, like, literally like, like there's a toy still in my hair and like, <laughs> like, like, like some sort of Sharpie mark on my face and I've barely put on underwear and I'm like running out of the house. And I'm like, it's not that I'm like languishing in, in getting dressed here. I haven't, there's no, there's no contouring that's happened on my face. I just happened to be taking care of our children, which is why we're late. Like he just like, Rob is just in like, I get dressed in Rob land and then like, I'm ready. So why aren't we leaving? Like that's, that's, yeah. that's Rob but I think yeah. we do enable it. I do enable it. I yeah. do let it happen. Like if you like, do you ever say, Tom, you just do it. You just do all the kids right now. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of me. I do. Uh, well, sometimes I will throw the the, the toys, the, the, throw the toys down. I'll, <laughs> I'll put their toys, I'll put their clothes downstairs and say, right, I'm going to nip into the shower if you can get, if you can do this. So I guess that is a sort of a shared thing. But one <laughs> thing that Tom does do that really does irritate me actually is he'll say to the boys, okay, boys, get in the car now. We're ready to go. And the boys will get in the car. I'll get in the car. He's not ready. He's not Stop coming. It. Stop yeah. it. So Stop like, it. No. What are you doing? Like, no. let's not leave. I know it's because it's easier if they're out the house, they're not fighting in the house. He can then just chill out. But I'm like, they don't need to be in the car for five minutes before we're then going to do an hour's journey somewhere. They don't no. need that extra time in the no. car. No, yeah. yeah, that they do not need that. They no. do not need that. Because they've taken the fighting from in the house to in the car, which is a oh, much no, more worse. confined space. Yeah. Yeah, that's a compressed small space. That's where more <laughs> fights occur. There's where like kicking yeah. happens. 
Yeah. I mean, like, we've put one in the back now. So we've, you know, so we've got a Volvo. So there's three seats in the middle and then two at the back. Buzz has been relegated to the back just that they've all got a bit more space. Oh, bless him. I know that yeah. routine. He the, loves the, it the, back there. He's he, he's like in his own penthouse. He's like, yeah. no one bothers me. I know it's smaller, but honestly, this is the desirable spot, guys. You know what you're missing. Like, Billy No Mates in the back is like loving life. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Life is good. Yeah. Yeah. Like how do you do, how do you do car journeys? Cause I've noticed since I've had the fourth child, I have reduced my car journeys because I get overwhelmed yeah. at having everyone in the car. How yeah. do you navigate long car rides? So uh, in the same way that we do, we do planes, our kids don't used to not think before lockdown and having to use them for school, our kids never used to think that their iPads worked unless we were traveling. That's, oh my God, the that's hysterical. They they so they yeah. just like magically work when you travel. Exactly. They believe that. That's they believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we did it for a long time where there was one iPad on the back of the seat where they were all watching Bluey, which did mean that we had to sacrifice, you know, our conversations right. or, you know, listening to our own music. Adult stimulation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We just have Bluey on repeat, which is the best uh, TV series of all time. Um, right. But So they do that. Whereas now uh, they do... Um, they play with their devices. They have books. But I did do a trip the other day. Actually, the day that um, it was Tom's birthday, we were driving to his gig. It was a two-hour journey. And I just, I didn't even think about bringing anything for them in the car. <gasps> and, yeah. So we had two hours. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I had to tell them to stop put it quite bluntly, you know, if mummy's looking at you, she's not looking at the road. That's how accidents happen. When accidents happen, people can die. Um, you know, so I, I thought that just the stark reality of that would bring them back to earth. No, it had to be said a few times. No, because that's um, rational. Because that's rational. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you see in the mirror like an arm being thrown or it's something being whispered to wind the other one up to an arm's thrown. Um, so I did um, I did have to pull over and get some magazines in the end just to kind of let's let's work. So I actually, it was going well for a while because I was going through different songs, different musicians. Like we were listening because the boys love like ACDC, Green Day. Um, so, so we were listening to those and I was going to other album, other bands. That I thought, oh, you might like this, you might like that. And it was going really, really well. And that's then, amazing. You know, but, and then it, and then it inevitably yeah. turns the yeah. other direction. But that's motherhood as well, isn't it? You've got to take those little moments when they come. Like, look at us appreciating good music together. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then right. it all just going tits up. By the way, they do appreciate really good music. Like, that's amazing. That's a good selection right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went to the, um, so Buzz and Buddy went to the Hella Tour, which was Green Day, uh, Fall Out Boy and Weezer. And they, honestly, my eight-year-old just rocks out the entire time. Like they just completely, utterly love it. They play, they've got their drums, they've got the guitar. So they try and, so Buzz will listen to a song and then go off and work out how to play it, which is wow. incredible. And that's, that's the whole idolizing his dad thing. You know, he, he, um, I just think he looks at Tom in such awe and is just like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's what I want to do. Um, you know, whether he does or not, it's just a lovely thing for him to be able to, you know, hone this well, talent order, yeah, and like, enjoy music. Share in that way. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like I do see, as I said, like Teddy's the same. She kind of looks at daddy with just like those heart emojis in the eyes. Yeah. And like, she's constantly 
on the piano, making up songs, but like beautiful yeah. songs, like like achingly beautiful ballads. And I'm like, whoa. And and by the way, she might not do that. In fact, I'd probably prefer that she didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not pushing that, but it's just a really nice thing that she gets to share with daddy, with all of us really. This and also just like discovering and develop that thing that they have for them. Like Teddy's sitting down at the, at the piano and playing. So many yeah. people use that as their own sort of switch off and therapy. And, and that's totally. an amazing thing. I don't, that's what I always say to the boys. You don't have to be good at everything that you do and all the things that you do. You don't have to want to do those for your work. Like you can just have those for you and enjoy doing them. It doesn't mean that you have to then be the best at it or, you know, turn it into this massive thing. It can be just that special thing that's yours. Yeah. Do you feel, because I don't get to ask this question often, or I don't think I've ever asked it. Do you feel sometimes, because when I see Teddy performing and it's like this amazing thing, I do always wonder too, being the daughter the child of someone who's, you know, very famous in music, like the pressure of having to then be that when they do that. Like I never want Teddy to think or any of my children to think that if they do music, that they have to be a superstar in order yeah. to be successful about it. And, and, you know, and I saw your, your son up there on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people, it's such a surreal experience. It's like, well, and what happened with that though? So it was two of them because Buddy was on the drums. The oh, Buddy was on the drums, drums too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so so, but cool. what happened is because they, they, they play at home um, and, and that, you know, they jam together. Tom goes and jams them and stuff. Uh, and we were at the show so that it was a McFly gig. And at soundcheck, our kids had gone up and just played with the drums or played with the music, uh, played with guitars and stuff. Um, and then another band, the Hoosiers, were on first. And then while they were on, um, the six-year-old buddy said to Tom, so when are we playing? And Tom was like, oh, no, no, oh. You're, you're not playing tonight. He was like, what? We're, we're going to play a song. And Tom was like, you, you, you can't. And then Buddy yeah. got really upset. So Tom was like, how do I navigate this? So anyway, the, so what, what you, every, every show, what happens after um, the, the support act go up, up or the first band go up, their um, techs will go up and just make sure that all the instruments are working. They'll bang all the drums and all the cymbals. So Tom was like, right, you can go and you can do the line checks. You can play the instruments on stage. And the next thing we know, the boys are like, okay, we're going to do this song. Buddy, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they were literally just, it was 15 minutes before they were actually going to do it. They were just completely zoned wow. into doing it. Buddy went and did his hair. Like he's always loves it messy, but he properly like combed Rock it down. started. Yeah. The and they were just like, this is what we're doing. And they have never, honestly, outside of our house, they've never performed to anyone you know, obviously like school plays wow. and stuff, but nothing like that. So walking out and seeing what? them with such confidence, seeing the audience's reaction, who were so lovely, because, you know, oh, that was amazing. Fans. They've, they've known us for years and years and years. You know, they've been going for 20 years now. And uh, seeing their warm reaction to them, it was so heartwarming. And, you know, you I just mean, I was like, go, oh. I literally was like emotional watching it, like for you as a mom going. And, and I, <laughs> and I really, I was empathizing with the moment because I understand it. And it was mm. just like, wow, I can't believe if that was my Teddy up there doing that, how yeah. I would feel like I'd be like overwhelmed completely and utterly seeing her do that. Yeah. Have and also, a- how amazing to have those experiences. It doesn't mean that you have to go off and have, you know, a massive big music career because, you know, who knows what they're going to do? Who knows what they're going to be? Um, but I do think, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that strange thing where, they have this whole world that is a little bit more accessible to them than 
your average eight or six year old, you know, or 10 year old in Teddy's case. Um, And for them to be able to dip into it, what a privilege, what, you know, what an experience. Totally. I love that they also took such ownership of it, that they really were like, no, right. This is happening. They like tunnel visioned between the two of them. We're we're freaking doing this. It's, it's yeah. How do you step in the way of that? You can't, you know, you did the right thing. You've got to, you've got to let that moment flow. You've got to let them have that. Yeah. How did, how did you like, how did you navigate? Because I feel like, you know, with Rob, he's always on the road. He's always working. I imagine Tom's always on the road. He's always working. How did you guys navigate with the kids? You know, we're talking about these moments of shows and for the first time ever now, I would say Rob has just started doing some shows again and we'll do some shows, but for, you know, pretty much two years, there was no music outside for us. There were no performances that all of the regular routine was completely disrupted for us as a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for the world, for sure. But in particular, if you were in music, you know, the, the way in which you navigated the world was completely changed. How did Tom, how did you, how did the kids, you know, cause I imagine the disruption was quite obvious. Daddy's at home now and daddy's normally gone. Like, how did Mm -hmm. you navigate that kind of dynamic? I think we treated it as much as possible. I can remember having um, a family sit down. I can remember as a kid watching like Home and Away and Neighbours and there was always a mum, I think she was called Pippa, who sat down for like family chats, you know, the big moments. Right. right, right. (laughs) And I, uh, so I sat the family down and uh, early on and was like, look, this is happening. It's all going to be a bit weird. We're going to have moments where we feel quite frustrated with each other, all of us. And we just have to know, we have to be aware that that's going to happen and, um, and work through it. And, um, and I think I was ready for it all to be absolutely awful. Um, I mean, creatively for both of us, like book wise for me, I had to just kind of, it wasn't going to get done, Like the podcast is different. The podcast, I could nip off for an hour and a half, two hours and have a good old chat, but book stuff, it's very hard to be, you know, immersed in your character, immersed in their world, and then have a child ask you a maths question or ask you for a snack, which would happen every single minute of the day. Um, So that was really, really difficult. And I think Tom, in the same way, he had to take take the foot off, you know, the accelerator a little bit and just kind of ease into family life. And, you know, we are very fortunate in a way that, you know, we had a roof over our heads. We had food on the table. We had a garden. You know, our garden at the time wasn't very big. Um, but we would run around that thing and get our 5k in, you know, every other wow. day. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, well we were making done. a track around that garden. I was talking about podcasts actually the other day and I was like, I have literally have visions of where I was in the garden at different points during this podcast <laughs> chat. Um, yeah. So I, and it was a time where I think for the kids, it was actually really comforting. I think they find it probably more difficult now that there's this disruption because for for such a long time, they had mummy and daddy there. We were there every day. You know, we were in the fortunate position where we could push work away or or put it into evening. So once the kids, which is why we're always quite strict with bedtimes because if they go to bed at seven, we will then work from as soon as they're asleep to like half 10, 11 or further in Tom's case, um, you know, depending on what like deadlines are and stuff. Um, so yeah, trying to work it that way or just talking to each other and kind of going, I'll take the morning, 
you, you know, but right, right, right. it's just hard. You've got to, so for, actually, yeah, I, I think for the kids, it was actually the sense of stability, you know, being able to like knowing that we were both there, you know, I look back at videos and stuff at that time and there was actually so much laughter there, you know, there was so much playfulness. Um, and, you know, we went to a funeral yesterday and, um, you know, seeing, all the different pictures of this amazing oh, woman who oh, I was, I was Deborah James. About, yeah, my heart. You know, but you look heavy. at the life that, that she lived and how much fun there was in it, how much dance, how much music, um, how much love. And you just like, you know, I, I don't think there's anything. Death is the thing that really puts life into perspective, you know. So I know that me and Tom are both there yesterday, kind of going, we really need to get this work life balance under control because. I think COVID made us realize what life's about. You know, every day you're totally. there sat looking at the news, going, This is awful. We're so lucky to be here to be able to be alive. ourselves. Yeah. And um, and I and I think, you know, Deborah James has has done that again. You know, death's the inevitable. We all know it's coming. And um, I think so often we are people who live for, for the future. You know, we're doing this now. We're working our socks off now so that in the future we can have, the, you know, an amazing totally. life. And we can go off traveling. We can go to Australia for the summer holidays. We can do this. We're actually, you need to have those things in place now. You need to have those boundaries, that, you know, balancing it right so that you're not just passing ships, so that your kids get to actually see you. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's a complete juggling act. I think COVID in many ways... Um, you know, did did amplify that. But now that we're all catching up, you know, those two years of not doing shows, you know, of not having books out, whatever it was, all of a sudden that's all coming it feels back. Quite, it feels quite almost like, I don't know if it's because of that pause in time where we kind of exactly, we we nestled in, we stopped in our tracks, the distractions melted away and we, and yeah. we grounded. I don't know if it's, the sharp contrast of that, or now this need to catch up, but it feels like this reemergence is is even more chaotic and more full throttle. And and just like you, my kids have struggled, I think, with the reemergence more than the, I think they enjoyed having us both home yeah. and enjoyed this, like, you know, where we're wearing our pajamas all day and we're watching movies and we're, you know, cooking things together and, you know, mommy and daddy are both there and we're present for everything as opposed to, you know, yeah. They have because also they we're have all sports. freelance, you know, exactly. we're all freelance. So our schedules are all over the place. The kids, totally. you know, so it, it is a, it's a difficult world, I think, for our kids to kind of feel that groundedness. So you have to put things in place so that they do feel, you know, that they are solid. Yes, exactly. Because yes. exactly like you, you and I are very similar that we have completely kind of bohemian freelance lives and yeah. it's always changing. And sometimes daddy and mommy are there all the time, every day where other parents be working. And then sometimes we both have to be off working, you know, yeah. and we're sleeping away, you know, and there's, it's very different from someone who has a nine to five in a specific place where it just clocks in and you know what the schedule is. Yeah. But I definitely have found that, yeah, like everything now, because we're all we're all catching up. We're doing all the things we didn't do for two years that it's, it's, it's quite fast. Or maybe it's because we're out of the practice of doing it, that it feels faster, but it did stop me in, in my tracks when I, I was listening to that clip of, um, Deborah, um, talking about playing to playing life forward and how, mm -hmm. you know, we're not living in the present. It's so true. We know it. And, and it's in the back of our heads always, but then when, just like you say, when you're presented with the concept of death, someone passes, um, you know, you're, you're, there's, there's something that makes you realize, oh, wait, wait, I've taken my eye off the ball. I yeah. do need to remind myself that today is the only day that is 
promised. We, yeah. we can't keep doing this. And, and, and actually, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you put that up on your, um, I'm glad you put that up online because I did think, wow, I wasn't obviously at the funeral, but I just listening to her speak and mm. obviously see her describe, well, I don't know if there's a tomorrow and, yeah. you know, and how important it is to be in the today. It is, yeah. it is an interesting one. I think COVID was definitely something that, that brought that concept home by force, but I would, I wonder if, you know, if we could figure out a way to not do it by force where it doesn't take death or it doesn't take, you know, a national, international, global pandemic to ground us down, like someone flinging us onto the floor, like how we, how we implement that. How do we do it? Well, Emma Freud, so she was on the podcast years and years ago, I think around 2018, so the same time as Deborah. And uh, I can remember her saying that her and Richard Curtis, her partner's Richard Curtis, have been together for decades. And still now, even though the kids are late teens, early 20s, she sits down every week with her diary and goes, that's too much. That's too much. Let's cross that really? out. Let's cross that out. Yeah. And I think to have the to have the balls to kind of go, this isn't my life. This is not balancing my life right now. And that's going to that's going to take me to the edge. So let's pull back. And people get that. People get I, I do think in, in certain, to a certain degree, people do understand when things when there's just too much on your plate, you know, and we are in a privileged privileged position where we can kind of rearrange things for another day and right. yeah, all of that yeah, yeah, jazz. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and hopefully even with friendships and stuff, you know, if sometimes if that meal going into that meal is just one step too far, like you just need the night in. I, th- I think like friends and everything are just much more, um, you know, giving in that regard. I've got to say, actually, that I, I well, I would say I don't. Have, I, I when it comes to a day where I know I've got something in the diary, if someone cancels now, I feel a sense of relief. Oh, me too. I was just gonna say I feel relieved. Yeah, I, I I think the only the only reason I make plans now is because I'm an inherent people pleaser. And <laughs> I feel like I can't just keep saying no. So I say yes, but I see it every day. Like e- e- even today, I've got a I've got a lunch I've got to go to. Yeah. I would like to stay in. I, yeah. I don't want to go. But it's one of those things where they've asked and they've asked. And I finally said yes, you know, and you can't get, you know, and it is it is the, it's a tricky one. The, the, the balls, I like when you said the balls to say, no, it's like balls to have boundaries and I'm not yeah. brilliant with them. And yeah. like, if they were to call me today and go, I can't, I've got a stomach bug. Like, like, <laughs> like I've got a fever. I don't know if it's, I'd be like, no, no, let's cancel. You know, I would be, I would be not that I, I don't want them to have COVID, but I would just be relieved for my social obligations to be canceled because actually I would much rather every single day stay in, which is just yeah. like, you know, so unrock and roll, but I, I really, you know, I would rather, I think I just, I fill my calendar up out of, out of, out of, out of guilt and people pleasing. I hate Absolutely. to say no. Because hate- also when you, when you know, when someone messages you and you're just like, oh, we've got to meet up, you know, if it just leaves us that you're never actually going to meet up. So no. then people go, great, this date. You're like, yes, oh, oh. yes, I'm free. <laughs> totally. Right. And you have to find it, eh? You have to, because yes. you can't go. And then, then sometimes you go, oh, well, oh, I can't do Friday. Oh, well, what works for you next week? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've got to give you a day, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I do. You've left it like that. Because I can say no Because you don't love the people exactly. that you're arranging with. You love it. You love the idea of getting together and having good old times. It's totally. all the stuff around it. It's because your time is so limited. It's because you're so depleted. Totally. You know? Totally. I feel like sending a text going like, again, I got one yesterday. I was like, Oh, I can't tell Monday. And she's like, Oh, well we leave then. I'm like, Oh, you know, and 
and, and just were like, even says, well, why don't we just meet for a coffee? And you're looking at your schedule and you actually don't even have time to meet for coffee because it's yeah. so blocked in. And I do feel like sometimes sending out a massive text going, just so you know, I love you all. Yeah. It's not a reflection of me not liking you that I don't see you, but it is, we are depleted. It's so hard. And that was what was kind of nice about COVID was that yeah. that all went away. But now yeah. it seems like it's like the complete overcorrection. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I haven't seen you for two years. Let's go meet for See, drinks. But, yeah. but even then, like, I feel like I know we are all Zoomed out now, but being able to be with all of my mates on a Saturday night, you know, regardless, you know, the kids would be in bed, in bed. I didn't need to worry about babysitter. I didn't need to worry about coming back at a certain time. Like I got to see my mates so much during COVID, thanks to technology. And yeah. now everyone's over it. So I'm a bit like, well, if you're over the tech, I can't. <laughs> I've still got like, the kids. <laughs> don't hate the tech, please. Please. You're like trying to set up like Friday night Zooms. Everyone's like, piss off. Like, Come on, like, I've got a really good quiz. I found it on the internet. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> we're all like, I'll see you at the pub. Get out of the house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm with you, G. I'm, I'm happy to Zoom anytime. I'd like to wear elasticated waistbands on my clothing. Yeah. I'd like uh-huh. to wear no bra and yep. I'd like to just chill like that. Like that's, yeah. that to me is the win. like slippers. Do you know what I mean? Hair, <laughs> hair is messy. Teeth, not necessarily brushed. Like let's just, <laughs> let's go yeah. in. Let's not judge. Let's just chill like that. Cause it's tiring. Yeah. Right. It is. It is all of it. It's all just tiring. So I, I did love that for COVID being able to see everyone, you know, under, under circumstances that were, you know, just a lot more easy, a lot more a lot easy, more, a lot more accessible. There's no traffic, yeah. there's no parking, there's no, yeah. you know, crowd. All the other stuff that goes around it, you know. Yeah, that adds to the kind of like, it's like we were talking about with the organization, like you in the morning, you eliminate all the variables so that if there is any chaos, you you know, it's it's whatever is about to erupt, but you, you've navigated all the things. It's like with, with Zoom calls, you eliminate all the variables. You just get to be present in the talk. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like the minute you go out, it becomes, you know, you got a ticket, someone like cut you off, you know, it's like the car got ding, there's mud, like, <laughs> like someone, a bird just shat on you, like whatever it's happening, <laughs> like life happening. And, talk- and for us, we were chatting with a group of eight mates. So you yeah. take it in turns to talk. Like whenever you're out with a group of eight mates, you all, you know, you partner off. You know, we weren't making separate Zoom rooms. We were all just in one room taking it in turns to chat. And it was amazing. Like I got to know some of my like best friends' husbands more than I did ever before. You know, so for that, it was great. Did Tom find it? Because I think Rob found it socially liberating because he's, he's, I would say he's not antisocial, but he gets, he gets really overwhelmed in any kind of same. So yeah. he was like, Rob loved that he really didn't have to see anyone like at all. Yeah. And now I think he's like, you know, I've, I've made him go out to like a dinner twice. And he's like, whoa, whoa, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, <laughs> so, is, is, so Tom has this thing where beforehand, so if I say, look, so-and-so is invited to us, us to this, do you want, like, should we go? He's like, yeah, it'd be great. Day before you can see the doubt creeping in. Um, who's going to be there? What time? You know, what What kind of, what is it? You know, I'm just like, why? You know, on the yeah, day, no. I've got a bit of a sore throat. You're just like, You're come like, on. You don't. Come on, man. That's yeah. so Rob. Classic Rob. Says yes. And then like the day before, well, you know, we've got that thing tomorrow. What thing? You know, the thing yeah. that I told you about, the thing. Well, I don't know if I feel like going to that. Well, yeah, but you did say yes. They've organized it for you. 
yeah, but I just might not feel like going to it. And it's literally, and then it's like <laughs> nine times out of 10, it's Rob canceling at the last minute, me yeah. making some excuse for him because I feel too embarrassed to say, oh, he's just not bothered. He's so <laughs> overwhelmed right now. Do you know what I mean? And then I go, I go by myself. I'm usually the only one like without the partner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Rob is, you know, uh, uh, got a business. I wonder if there's like that business school. I wonder if there's that extra layer though, where they know that if they go, they're expected to be Robbie Williams. They're expected to be Tom Fletcher. And actually they That's aren't what... those personas. They are, you know, actually quite reserved characters in, in many ways. You know, they, they don't have, they don't want to have to switch it on. They're not performing monkeys. Well, that's exactly what Rob says. He goes, babe, when I walk into a room or a dinner, I have to be Robbie Williams. Yeah. You know, I can't just be me because keep people, it's, it's a big expectation to fill to be that guy, you know? And, yeah. and just like that, yeah, Rob's quite like, he's not quiet because he's, you know, when you get, he gets going, he's, he's fucking chatty as all hell, but like, but he, he's not, you know, he doesn't like, he doesn't walk into every dinner with like, let me entertain you on and yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like pull his pants down or say, my name's Robbie fucking Williams. Like, you know, <laughs> he'll just like to sit down and eat some food. Yeah. But I yeah, think yeah, yeah. people come ready to receive the guy on stage. Yeah. And there's a lot of expectation that that's interesting. I, yeah, I imagine that Tom and Rob feel because like you and I get to walk into a you know, a dinner and no one's kind of expecting us to tap dance or, no. you know, perform music miracles. And I think for them, they, I think they see the person on stage, the person in interviews or, you know, whoever they grew up with. And they think that person's going to sit down next to them and, and, and be that for a whole meal. Yeah, And yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, like Rob's quite, he's, you know, he's quite internal. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's the same. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's where I think if I were to say Rob's edge would be more than anything, probably a social edge for him because yeah. he feels like he can't compete with that guy and be that mm -hmm. guy. So he gets completely overwhelmed in scenarios like that, which is where COVID was great for him. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Tom also hates saying goodbye, hates me saying goodbye to people. He loves a French exit. We call it a French exit. I've got oh, no I love idea a if French it's a French exit, exit where so you literally he likes, just He likes go. the dash. That's he likes like, the dash where I'm like, no, we've got to say goodbye to that person to say goodbye to that person. It's like, if you do, we're here for another hour. And I'm like, we won't be. Don't worry. And then an hour later. Totally. Like, Bye. But it's like <laughs> me because I feel guilty just leaving. It's like the people, I've got to say goodbye. Oh, and if I don't say goodbye to them and I've said bye to them, then I've got to, you yeah. know, Rob's just like sat there rolling his eyes going, can we just go? And like, I know that he's right. Like if we were to just, you know, leave, no one would know what time we left. You know, it was, or everyone's a bit vague and, and, you know, in their conversations anyway. So no one would really be paying attention to when you're, when you go, but it's just that thing for you that you kind of feel like, no, but if I don't go, I'm being be rude. It'd be so rude. Yeah. What is it about them where their boundaries are just different from what, like, I think, and by the way, I think, like you said, they're right. I think that's a mm -hmm. healthier boundary is like, that's not yeah. going to work for me. I'm yeah. like now, so yeah. I will go now where I was like, oh, I know, but you know, and I don't know what, is that like, you know, even with parenthood, it sounds like Tom and Tom and Rob have stronger boundaries with what they need in a mm. situation than what we need. Do you think as like a woman, we're just kind of like inherently taught to lose our boundaries in these scenarios. And so we've just kind of blurred all the lines. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Uh, we're totally. I think, you know, if you look at your to-do list every day, you, your needs are always at the bottom. And I think that yeah. is just something that we inherit. You know, we look at our mums, they did the same for us. And I think that is that, that role. And I think even now that so many of us 
also have full-time jobs, we are still taking on the same amount. You know, we might pass some over, but the 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 real responsibility, I I believe, still lies on us. You know, it's everything done. You know, um, and uh, and and I, I I don't know. I find that hard to shift. I, I even when Tom is, you know, getting involved and doing stuff, is he doing it the way that I would do it? Totally. I would do it properly. I, you know? Wait, wait, wait. You mean I would do it better? <laughs> I would do it the right way. Because that's what's so. in my head. I'm like, no, I, no, but I would do this better. Like that's, that's how, no, no, come on. Let me just do it. Like it is that. But then that's the other stress, isn't it? So you can hand it over, but are they doing it the way that you would do it? You know, and if they're not doing it, you have to be able to let that go. Like when I do go away to the treks and stuff, I know that all the kids are going to go to school clothed. They're all going to have the right uniform on. They're all going to have their snacks and their waters and stuff. I know that that's going to happen. And Tom does it in a different way to me. And that's, Okay. okay, I just need to just go. That that's fine. Step away. Step it's away. It's so hard, though. Yeah, the micromanage. It's really hard to surrender. Yeah, it's it like, is. and I know that, like you know, we're talking about these edges. If I were to find that sweet spot where I can surrender some of that control and surrender some of those rules I have of what needs to happen, it would be actually a lot easier for me. But yeah. I. It is, I think when you were saying, it's like you take it all on and you create this kind of, you almost make the mountain bigger for yourself because you you do take everything on and then want it to be the best that it can be, which creates its own black hole of things you have to do. Yeah. You know, and then we're, it's like- unforgiving. And then chucking a little bit of resentment because you're yeah, the exactly. one that's doing it all. Why to, are you yeah. doing it all? Yeah. Totally. It's like, there is some sort of like addiction to the resentment too. It's like, what would I do if, what would I actually do if Rob stepped up and did it all with me? Like, and did it, <laughs> and did it better? I'd probably fucking hate that. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, go back to bed, Williams. Go. <laughs> You're like, not wanted here. I liked, it better, when here. I, I liked you. it better when you were sleeping and I resented you. <laughs> You're better when you do nothing. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've got this. No, but it's true. I wonder, I hadn't thought about that. I love to moan about the fact that he doesn't do any of it, but shit, what if he did? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where would we be? We wouldn't even be in our packing cube. I We'd know. have no excuse. We'd have no excuse. We'd just be flopping around a big bed or couch going, oh, We've got nothing to do. <laughs> oh, I go to sleep care. for 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. I'd find a way to resent the sleep. I would. I'd moan yeah. about that. That's yeah. so funny. Oh, I just, you know, I have to say, I've really loved every single minute of this chat, G. You've, oh, you've really, so have I. Thank you so much. You really, you know, you're, you're, you're light as a feather. You know, you really, you have such a brilliant way of describing things and, and it's so accessible and friendly and loving. And I, totally relate to you as a human being and a mommy and a wife and a you and um yeah you rock you rock g ditto same yeah. right back at you thank I wish you so I was, much i wish i was in the cupboard with you and we could beat the shit out of that boxing bag together <laughs> i'm gonna one come day. and do that one day we'll come do and do boxing. that with me i'll do a boxing session in your cupboard perfect the kids are really gonna wonder what's happening in the cupboard by the way. there's gonna be all sorts of noises <laughs> like rock muses and rock music and grunting be very confusing in your house. From the edge. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe. I mean, it's actually begging. Rate us, review us, all the five stars, all the bells and whistles, please, wherever you find your podcasts. Seriously, desperate, desperate for a good review. Also, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Ida Field Williams. So please let us know what you think of the podcast. 
and even who you might like to have on as a guest. You never know, you might actually be able to make it happen. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Postcards from the Edge is a Blueprint Pods production. Executive producer Sophie Palak and producer Warren Borg. Postcards from the Edge. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.